This is Tailgate Till May. I'm Stephen Gorgie, and I'm your host. I'm back for another episode to talk about what you care about most in the world of college sports. I have a great show planned for you today, but first a reminder, you can subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast. That's Apple, Spotify, Google, you name it. And if you like the show, I'd love if you leave us a five-star review. You can also find me on Twitter at Gorgon Sports. That's where you can find all my college basketball gambling picks. It's been a hot last week or so for your boy, so follow me to continue the hot streak. This is the first of these Tuesday night, Wednesday morning episodes that I'm going to be releasing throughout the rest of the college basketball season and the football offseason until we kind of get back into that 2023 football preview mode. And this is going to be a typically a football-centric show. We have some pre-planned things coming up in the next weeks and months where we're going to look back at the 2022 season and use that to look ahead to the 2023 season. But as always, the news of the day will dictate what we talk about. And today is going to be a pretty Big Ten-centric show. We got a little basketball stuff as well. But on the football side, the big news is happening in the Big Ten because it appears, and I say appears, that the Jim Harbaugh saga is finally done for this season, and it looks like he will be returning to be the head coach of the Michigan Wolverines in 2023. Yesterday, Michigan President Santo, Santa Ono tweeted, quote, I just got off the phone with Coach Harbaugh, and Jim shared with me the great news that he is going to remain as the head coach of the Michigan Wolverines. That is fantastic news that I have communicated to our athletic director, Ward Manuel. Hashtag go blue. And, you know, that is a, a bit of a weird tweet there, considering that he is the president of the university and he is the one telling the athletic director that Jim Harbaugh is coming back to Michigan. But nevertheless, it does appear that Harbaugh is on his way back to be the head coach of the Michigan Wolverines after yet another year of flirting with the NFL. Harbaugh himself also put out a statement that said, quote, I love the relationships that I have at Michigan, coaches, staff, families, administration, President Santa Ono, and especially the players and their families. My heart is at the University of Michigan. I once heard a wise man say, don't try to out happy happy. Go blue. End quote. So those are the two statements that were put out yesterday. Michigan President Santa Ono says, Jim Harbaugh will be the head coach. Jim Harbaugh says, I love Michigan and I don't want to out happy happy. He says or insinuates that he is happy at the University of Michigan. Now, that I don't necessarily 100% believe, considering this is the second year in a row that he has flirted with the NFL. It seems pretty clear. I can't get inside the man's brain, but it seems pretty clear that he has some desire to still coach at the NFL level and probably win the Super Bowl that he couldn't quite get to. He was a very successful coach in the NFL, and I'm sure there's some desire there to get back there and win a Super Bowl at the the pro level, the highest level of the sport, which I, I completely understand. But my message to Jim Harbaugh would be, Truly heed that advice that you tweeted out. Don't try to unhappy happy. The good old days are right now. Michigan, Ohio State, this is a time in this rivalry 
where these stakes are so big, it's so important. The game they played this year was the highest rated game of any college football game this season. The eyes of the nation are on that rivalry. We are in the midst of another 10-year war between Ohio State and Michigan, and that's something that people wax so poetic about, those games between Ohio State and Michigan in the late 60s and throughout the 70s when Woody Hayes and Bo Schembechler were leading those two programs. Those are games that people talk about to this day. It's, it's a foundation of the rivalry, and we are in that right now. Michigan, after years of futility, including futility against Ohio State by Harbaugh, has now beaten them two years in a row. He has them back where they want to be. They've gone to the college football playoff two years in a row. This year, they were favored in their college football playoff game. And, you know, you can say what you will about that game. TCU ultimately came out on top, and they did what they needed to do to win the game. But I think if you're Michigan, you look back at it and you say, we really blew a big chance there. But the point being, Michigan is right on the doorstep of winning the national championship. They have beaten their biggest rival two years in a row. The guys in Columbus, they're scrambling. Not that I think anybody in the administration seriously thinks that, but if you look at Twitter, if you look at an Ohio State message board, there are serious conversations among the fan base around Ryan Day being on the hot seat, which is insane. Ryan Day is one of the most successful coaches in college football. Brian Hartline now takes over as offensive coordinator at Ohio State after Kevin Wilson left to become a head coach once again. And weeks ago, Ryan Day said on college game day that he was going to consider giving up play calling responsibilities. Ohio State, as good as they have been, as close as they came to beating Georgia, they are continuing, they are screaming. There's a, this sense, this stress that's going on in Columbus right now among the fan base and seemingly even within that program, if you listen to any of the comments that Ryan Day made leading up to the Michigan game this year, where it sounded like he needed and wanted redemption for the loss a season ago, there's stress in Columbus. There's stress within that program, and it has been entirely caused by Jim Harbaugh and Michigan. And this is what great sports rivalries are all about. This is what great college sports rivalries are all about. It's two hated foes going head-to-head, -head, one side getting the upper hand, the other side trying to answer, and those games being larger in life. And that's where we're at with Ohio State and Michigan right now. So my question to Jim Harbaugh would be, why do you want to give that all away? These are the good old days. These are the days, the games that people will look back on in 20 years, 30 years, and say, wow, remember the pinnacle of the Ohio State-Michigan rivalry when they were playing for a Big Ten championship basically every year? when they were playing for a berth in the college ball playoff every year. And sometimes it's easy when you're in the midst of it to not just take a step back and realize what's going on at the moment and enjoy what's happening right then and there. But I truly believe that's where we're at right now. But I'm scared for that. I'm scared 
that if Jim Harbaugh continues to do this year after year, this flirtation with the NFL, this consideration of going back to the NFL, that we're going to miss out on another 10-year war between Harbaugh and Ryan Day. That it's only going to be a three-year war, and Harbaugh's just going to walk away from it. Because I think this annual flirtation is hurting them, Michigan, a little bit in terms of the momentum that they've been able to generate from these college ball playoff appearances. Now, I know recruiting rankings aren't the end-all, be-all of everything, but Michigan is ranked 17th at the moment in the 24-7 sports 2023 team rankings. Ohio State's number six. The team with all the momentum is 11 spots behind the team that it's beat two years in a row. Ohio State has one five-star and 18 four-stars committed, while Michigan has no five-stars and nine four-stars committed. Michigan has a really good team coming back next year. They return J.J. McCarthy at quarterback. They return Blake Corum. That was a piece of huge news. That star running back, Blake Corum, will be coming back. Donovan Edwards returns. That's going to be quite a dynamic duo at running back. They've made some good additions in the transfer portal. They added Drake Nugent, a transfer from Stanford at center. Pro Football Focus rated him as the seventh best center in all of college football last year. He'll replace Oluwatimi, who won the Outland Trophy as the best interior lineman in college football over this past season. So not a bad replacement for him. And it seems like Michigan will continue to do what they do up front. I mean, that's a huge part of Michigan's identity. But the one area where I felt like Michigan fell short this past season was at receiver. And Pro Football Focus agrees with me. Michigan only had two players, two receivers, that graded out in the top 250 of Pro Football Focus's receiver ratings among the 131 FBS teams. That's Ronnie Bell, who has declared for the NFL draft. And it's Roman Wilson, who will be returning next year. Now, Roman Wilson, he graded out in the top 250, but he was towards the bottom of that list. And he only had 25 catches last year. So not the most productive year. He was kind of a big play guy, 15 yards per catch, uh, had four touchdowns, but still only 25 catches. And I say all of that to say, this is an area where I feel like if Michigan, if Harbaugh was fully bought in, if he was really capitalizing on this momentum, he could go out and get some of these stud receivers that Ohio State's getting. Ohio State, in the 2023 recruiting class, has three of the nation's top 10 receivers committed to it. So as good as Ohio State's receiving core is right now with Marvin Harrison Jr. leading the way, they, in the class of 2023, have three of the nation's top 10 receivers coming in. And all three of those guys are in the top 60 of the overall player rankings. So Ohio State is going out and getting more of what they already do well. Michigan needs to go and get some of those guys. Michigan should be competing for those guys. And these are not guys that are Ohio guys. You have a guy from Florida. You have another from North Carolina. 
You have a third, not sure where he's from originally, but plays at IMG Academy in Florida. There's no reason that Michigan can't compete for those guys. Michigan is right there on the doorstep. But I have to wonder if there's not some high school players out there who Michigan might be talking to who have to wonder, is Jim Harbaugh really going to be there for my three or four or five years that I'm there? And I have to think that it's hurting them in some way. So my message to Jim Harbaugh, once again, is, Jim, understand what you have right now. Understand how close you are. Understand that these are the days, these are the games that Michigan fans, Ohio State fans, and college football fans across the country will be talking about in 20 and 30 years. You have a chance to leave a legacy at Michigan on the sport of college football. And I would hate to see that wasted because he is trying to go back to a league that seemingly has interest in him, but as far as I know, nobody's made him an offer to be a head coach yet, again, in the NFL. So don't take what you have for granted here at Michigan. There's a chance to do something really special. He's right on the doorstep. Don't take this for granted because it's great football to watch. It's great for the sport and I don't want to lose it. Elsewhere in college sports, I want to move on to a little bit of basketball, and I want to stay in the Big Ten. And the only reason I bring up basketball today on this show, which is typically going to be mostly football-focused, is because there was something really big that happened on Monday that we need to talk about. And that was Purdue going to the Breslin Center in East Lansing and coming away with a 64-63 victory over Michigan State. Now, you might be asking yourself, okay, Stephen, why is that a big deal? Purdue is number three in the country. They were 16-1 and going into that game. Michigan State's already lost five games on the year. They're without Malik Hall, a really big loss for the Spartans, by the way. Tom Izzo said that he's going to be out for a while, so I think that's going to hurt them a whole lot. So you're probably asking yourself, this is not a vintage Michigan State team. What's the big deal about the number three team in the country, best player in the nation, Zach Eady, going in there and beating the Spartans? Well, I said on the show with Brian on Sunday that we recorded that I still didn't think Purdue could win a national championship due to their lack of guard play. And one thing you will find about me, if you listen to the show long enough, I am not somebody who is going to take a stance, dig my heels in forever, and hope it's right. If I see something different, I'm going to tell you I'm wrong. I'm going to tell you my opinion has changed. And after watching that Purdue-Michigan State game, my opinion has changed. Because Fletcher Lawyer, freshman Fletcher Lawyer, was unbelievable in that game. Zach Eady is the best player on that team. He had a fantastic day against the Spartans, as he does almost every game. He put up 32 points, 17 rebounds, an unreal stat line, 50% from the floor, and that's just Zach Eady. But Fletcher Lawyer came to play when it mattered most. 
when Purdue was down at the end of the game, and they were down late in that game, Fletcher Lawyer scored nine of Purdue's last 14 points, and he either scored or assisted on all 14 of the Boilermakers' last 14 points. And these weren't just open threes. He was driving to the lane. He was getting fouled. He was making layups, or he was making free throws, rather, as Michigan State fans chanted about how his brother, who used to play at Michigan State and transferred away, was better than him. As a freshman, he did this all as a freshman. And I did, did not trust Purdue's inexperienced guards. I said college basketball. No matter how good your big man is, college basketball is a guards game, and you need to have guards who you can rely on when it matters most. And after watching that game against Michigan State, I trust Lawyer to do what needs to be done. If the game gets tight, if you need a guard to make a play, if Zach Eady gets in foul trouble, if somehow a team is able to take Zach Eady away, I trust I, I trust Fletcher Lawyer, and I also trust Braden Smith to do what needs to be done. And, you know, I want to see it in more than one game, but th- this is not a first-time thing for Lawyer. Lawyer had a really nice game against Nebraska. Uh, it was a blowout for the Boilermakers. But he had 27 points, you know, that's two games ago. His offensive rating, his efficiency has been off the charts. In that Nebraska game, he was 6 of 12 from three. But again, against Michigan State, I was so impressed with the way he got to the basket. Because you got to be able to get to the basket come tournament time. Sometimes you got to rely on those guards. So this is my official change of heart on Purdue. I'm all in on the Boilermakers. I trust Lawyer. I trust Smith. They're great freshmen. I trust Zach Eady. Zach Eady is the best player in college basketball. He's the most dominant player in college basketball. The one question I still do have about Purdue is on the defensive side of the ball. You, know, you, you look at a game like the one they played against Rutgers where they lost 65-64 in a rock fight, and I just think if, if you get into a game like that, that's where things might get a little more iffy. Purdue is not a bad defensive team by any stretch of the imagination, but they don't force a lot of turnovers. So I just wonder if somehow their offense can get shut down, can they win that rock fight? The Michigan State game was a little bit of a rock fight, no doubt, 64-63. But there was a lot of big-time shot-making at the end of that game. Purdue gave up a lot of open threes in that game. Tyson Walker, unbelievable game for Michigan State. 6-1 guard was 4 of 8 from 3, 30 points on the day. Uh, Unreal performance from him. So I I just wonder, that's my one remaining question with this Purdue team. If they get in a rock fight, are they good enough defensively to really lock down? And that is one of the benefits of playing in the Big Ten. They're going to get tested like that a lot so we'll we'll find out but the way things are going 
after that Michigan State game. I'm all in on the Purdue bandwagon. Fletcher Lawyer, kudos to you. Unbelievable season so far. Unbelievable game. And I think he's just a great complimentary piece to Zach Eady, the most dominant player in college basketball. Before I get out of here today, I do want to touch on one last piece of news in the college ball world. And unfortunately, it's sad news. And that's the news that early Sunday morning, Georgia offensive lineman Devin Willock and recruiting staff member Chandler LaCroix were killed in a car accident. Just a tragic piece of news for a program that had so much to celebrate, celebrating back-to-back national championships. It's just tragic that these two young people in the world of college football lost their lives far too early. So our thoughts are with the Willock and LaCroix families. Our thoughts are with the Georgia football family. It's uh, just a, a sad reminder of the fragility of life. That's our show for today. I'll be back again later this week with a weekend college basketball preview. I'll talk to you all then.